0: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest in our own backyard of sunny San Diego, California. So excited to network with this guy. He's been in the game for a good amount of years now being on the construction side, being a contractor, licensed contractor, and he's been doing a lot of ADUs lately. The last couple of years, it's been a big movement just the last few years when they passed it and so forth. So so there's awesome opportunities within ADUs. I want to ask some questions about that. I'm sure you guys might have some questions as well. It's a great value add to build, you know, brand new opportunities in your own backyard. And we're actually jumping into that in, in a project locally here in Old Town. So pretty exciting. But nevertheless, there's a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes down to hiring on the right contractor and a lot of issues along the way when it comes down to projects just going too long or getting screwed over paying too much or not getting you know paying and then not even getting the work done right so we want quality at the same time so a contractor can either make or break the deal and it's our responsibility as a real estate investor to really lead by example and to be able to guide and make sure that the transparency and communication is on point so I asked Carlos to jump on today because he's been in the game and really been able to guide his team and crew, and he knows how to be able to hire on the right people, right? He's had the trial and error himself, and I know that we can all learn a lot from solving this one problem that many real estate investors have in the industry. So I'm excited to have Carlos on, but without further ado, Carlos, what is happening, brother? How you doing today, man?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Good, man. Good. I appreciate you taking the time to jump on this Zoom call with me. For anybody out there that doesn't know a little bit about your story or who you are, do you mind just diving into your situation and what you're up to?
1: Sure. No problem. So we're a general contracting company in San Diego. We specialize in new construction, ADU especially, additions, and some very minor remodels at the moment. Not too many remodels. But we are specializing 80 ADUs, the process from A to Z from a dirt lot, you know, doing your design, structural blueprints, the permits, and then the construction as well. Um, only thing we don't do is rent it out for you. That would be on your own. Yeah, but that's a full turnkey service at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So yeah, we, we take care of everything, all the process of the permitting and blueprints, all the you know the horror stories. and so you deal with one guy, you deal with us, one company from A to Z from start to finish, including utilities as well.
0: Love it. So the architects, that's all included and you don't need to worry about any of that fun
1: stuff. Exactly, yeah. So how many
0: years have you been in the game?
1: So I've been doing this for close to 16 years. So pretty much my first job and the only thing I've ever done is construction. So 15, 16 years, ADUs, three years on ADUs. But that's all we do now, just ADUs most of the work. But besides that, remodels, very little and just new construction additions as well, but mostly 80% of our work's ADUs.
0: So it's safe to say over the 16 years, you've been on a job site or two, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) of course.
0: So from your personal experience, have you dealt with a lot of investors or have you just seen the lack of transparency, the lack of communication when it comes down to, you know, real estate investors trying to get projects done and just issues with contractors and the client back and forth? I'm sure you've seen
1: a few. I've personally done every project. I've worked for investors, flipping houses. We've, so we've done flips for new construction. We've done remodels for homeowners where they're going to live in the house. I mean, that's their personal house and anything in between, you know. So definitely we deal with investors or so someone that's, that wants to, you know, make a profit in their project. There's a ton of things to look at. A lot of people want to take the project on themselves and try to manage all the traits on their own. I think it's an interesting thing for a homeowner to tackle, but it's definitely Hell of
0: a job. yeah <laughs> I'm yep. actually doing that right now, and it's only because the last contractor that I had towards the end of the project, that individual started having some family issues, started bringing it to the property. It was taking longer lack of transparency. it was, it was starting to become issues. So on this new one, it's right around the corner from my house that I live, just five minutes. So we were like, you know what? Maybe we'll try hiring on subs. But man, I can't tell you how much of a mistake that was when it comes down to I'm not dealing with just one person. I'm dealing with a dozen. And now I need to make sure that as I talk to them, that they communicate with each other. And it's just, it's very time consuming.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of clients that they call me and they, you know, we get a price from them. I give them a price and for, you know, the general contracting, you know, managing the whole project. And yeah. sometimes, you no, know, they think it's a little high, and it's, most of them are like, "Okay, I've done some work. I'm a little sad being in construction. Yeah, I can handle it. I can manage this." A year later, eight months later, they're still not done. Yeah, and way over budget, and they lost it. And They're like, "I should have just hired you." So I'll go over with some of the key points of why that makes it a little different from hiring a GC, which sounds like it's expensive versus trying to manage the job yourself and oh, what yeah. could be wrong. So. In my experience, when you hire a GC like us, you know, we have a lot of relationships with subcontractors and vendors because we keep them busy year round for multiple years. We have the good communication with our subs, good communication with our vendors. You know, they will do things for us that they won't do for you. That's just like normal.
0: When you spend hundreds of thousands of each yeah. year with them and you've been with them for, you know, 15, 16 years, it's common exactly. sense, right? You're going to get a better deal than the average mom and
1: pop. Yeah, you get a better deal. And they do things like if it's something that's hard to get, they will do their impossible to get it for me. Yep. Versus with you walk in and you've never dealt with them, they yep. might not, you know. But for you to get a response from that vendor could take days. You know, yeah. for me, Four weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I'll call them and they'll call me back right away. Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of those benefits from vendors and subcontractors. And like, if I call my electrician, he's going to make sure my jobs are going good. Yeah. Because he wants my work and he, he wants, wants to stay busy. Because, yeah. yeah. You know, our electrician probably has 10 to 12 jobs a year with us, yep. and they're full on construction jobs, like full builds, you know, full houses. So I think I'm, I give him like 50 or 60% of his workload. Yep. So he wants to make sure he's in good terms with me. So every job we give him, he's there early, yep. he's fast. quality is good. And those are just type of the connections that you get when you hire a GC. You can't buy that. No, it doesn't course. matter how much you pay your contractor or your electrician. You just can't buy that relationship. So. Yeah. That's definitely a big bonus when you hire a GC, you know, that you get all those relationships and all those vendors that we have good communication with, you know, faster products, pricing, which a lot of people get hesitant, like, oh, I'm going to hire a GC or I can hire the electrician myself and just forget the GC. But what sure. about that? I timing, mean, quality and pricing, you know, yeah. it's
0: so, gonna be so- you have a lot of weight on your side then, right? Like you have a lot of pool power because you have the time, you have the experience and you have the busyness, you have the jobs to keep everybody busy. So everybody wants to do well by you so that
1: they can keep getting paid, right? Yeah. And you know, with all my subs, it kind of feels like they're on my payroll, but they're yeah. not, you know, yeah. they are subbed out, but they're so busy with me. It kind of feels like, I mean, I give them checks like almost every week. Yep. so. It feels like they're on my payroll, but they're not. So it's easy for me to be like, Hey, you know what? If I have my drywall crew at a certain job and be, Hey, forget that job. I need you to come to my other job. Like important, the homeowner, you know, we're in a deadline. We have certain issues. We need to get this done today. I can pull that job to this job that same day, you know? So if you call me, you have a leak at your house and you need some drywall work or something. I can call my drywaller right now and stop what he's doing at this job and take him to your job right now. Yeah, to prioritize it. Your contract with another drywaller is going to be impossible. You can't get him there today.
0: Yeah, or if you did, you're going to pay out the wazoo because they're taking advantage of that opportunity right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's three things that I always tell my clients because it's the three things that they're always asked for. It's pricing, it's the quality, Quality. and it's the speed. Yeah. So, those three things is what make a good contractor, right? So, you get a, a, yep. so you a price, you have a quality, and you have speed.
0: The rule of thumb is you'll never get all three, right? That's a you funny get, saying out there.
1: You only you only get two. Yeah. You're going to be missing the third one. Yep. So, if and it is
0: notorious, right? It, it is almost almost every time you can bet your bottom dollar, it's very close to being on point. Yeah. Of that.
1: And when you get a GC, you get pretty close to getting those three. Yeah. You get pretty close to getting those three. It might not be a price from that electrician directly. Yeah. But, you know, the GC is also going to protect you because, I mean, of course, there's different types of GCs out there. I mean, I always try to benefit my client, you know? So I protect my client at at all times. So, I mean, of course, there's GCs out there that don't, but my goal is to protect my client. So that's my goal. And that's what you pay me for. I'm going to protect you from change orders from bad craftsmanship and from delays. That's yeah. my job as a GC. That's what you're paying me for. I'm going to make sure it's done right. I'm going to make sure it's done fast and you get a good price.
0: I do want to talk about the protection for a second. When it comes down to you know hiring on a GC, obviously the price will be a little bit more, but everybody needs to really consider you know, time is money. So it depends on where you're located in the U.S. here, where that time makes sense or not. Like our properties over in Ohio, they are less expensive as far as good numbers on the the project itself, right? If I get good quality work that I never need to worry about it again in the future and, and that they can get it done at a good price, then the time is not a huge like the holding costs aren't expensive for me, but out here in California, the holding costs are very expensive. So time is money out here. And it's like, we got to get this sucker done. Right. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, you don't want to have poor quality because you know, then you could get sued out here, like very quick and easy or whatever it may be. You just don't want to have to redo something twice. So when you're hiring on a GC, obviously you'll pay a little bit more, but you got to put into consideration Hey, this is actually going to save me so much time, which saves me so much money, which is very important. Well, let's talk about the protection for a second. What other ways should a brand new real estate investor or a homeowner, whoever, should they consider protection? What you cover or what type of liabilities do they have when hiring on either a GC or a subcontractor? I know in the past, I've personally hired on a GC and they got hurt on the project. Really bad, actually. They tripped over one of their guys, like tools on the front porch. Ended up falling on the stairs, uh, messed up their back really bad, and was in the hospital for several weeks. It was crazy. But he was licensed, insured, bonded, and we were all protected. So his insurance fully covered everything. But it was still like one of those situations. First thing that comes to your mind after, hey, are you okay? Is hey am I going to get sued from this? You can take my property, right? So what type of protection should the average consumer or investor think about?
1: Well, that's definitely a good point. I mean, I strongly suggest always for when you have a flip or some type of project like that, you have a course of construction coverage in your property. A lot of people don't do that. That's very important. It's it's cheap and you can get it for six months at a time. So you get a construction in your property and that covers you from a lot of you know crazy stuff that can happen at your project it protects you for the course of construction because if you're not in a course of construction I don't think it covers you like if the insurance company knows that you're in construction it automatically voids your home insurance.
0: Yeah so. so that's very important to have the right coverage the right insurance not all insurances are gonna cover your remodels you have to have a builder's construction
1: yeah. insurance policy.
0: So and if you guys need any connections to like the best of the best, I do have some amazing connections, more on the East Coast, but they cover nationwide to be able to really cover the, the construction permits to note so that you're educated, you know exactly what you're going to get, you are fully covered and that you will save the most, which is very good peace of mind, right? It's important to have the right policies for insurance.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the second thing, I mean, I'm a licensed GC. I, I by law, have to tell you yeah. and recommend, obviously, hire a licensed general contractor make sure they're insured, bonded, yep. all the coverages that you need. And then any, anyone he hires and they get hurt on the job, it's not your responsibility because you don't have a contract with them. We have a contract with them. Sure. So, so that automatically protects you from anything. You know, as long as that GC is very well protected and it has all their insurances, then you're good. You don't have to worry about anything. But when you hire individual trades, most of the time they're not licensed. Most of the time they're not fully insured. You know, just because you're licensed doesn't mean you're insured. So so you have to make sure.
0: So whether they're a GC or subbing, you know, subcontractors, you need to get all the documents together and request that information. And then how can you verify it? How should the average consumer actually verify this information to make sure that it is up to date, it's accurate, that there is enough coverage, and they are licensed and everything?
1: Yeah, so you can just go to the CSLP.com, actually csob.gov, and you go there and you can type in the license number of the contractor. And then it'll say your license number, your liabilities, your bonds, your all the insurances that are on there. So, one site, you know, csob.gov, and it'll tell you everything.
0: What does that stand for? csob.gov? I forget
1: what it was. CDSLB is a California State License Board.
0: Okay. So, and if you're nationwide or in a different state, you can just simply Google like your state to see what that exactly is. They have a breakdown of each state as well that you could always search for.
1: Correct. Um, yeah, California. So, it will, yeah. if you're in a different state, you will need to follow whatever, I don't know the websites of other states. So, you have to search for that.
0: Yeah, but it's just a simple Google search. It's a simple type in after you request that information from the general contractor or the subs. Look it up, make sure it is accurate. It's up to date. You know, there's no lawsuits or anything else or any negative things that are pending on that account. I've heard some horror stories in the past and I'm sure that you have as well when it comes down to people being licensed or bonded and then having a lot of negative information that's still on their accounts or they're switching to a new entity every couple of years, right? Have you heard of things like this?
1: You know what, I have seeing some companies switch to a different entity you know every three or four years it's a different name same same operator, different name different address different stuff that's also another thing you want to look into when you hire an GC. you know which license number they have how long have they had it for if there's any claims on that license it'll be on that website as well it'll same against that license number and yeah so i mean obviously if they're switching names and addresses, it'll it'll tell you the associated businesses with that person. So you can type the person's name and he can say, Well, yeah. you know what involved with this company, this company, this company. Yeah. That's not always a very good thing to do. It'd be switching from a lot of places. Also, you can request a certificate of insurance or you know, and you can always call that insurance provider or agent and be like, hey, I want to make sure this policy is active and it'll be covered. You can also get a certificate under that property name which a lot of people would do they'll say hey i want to make sure my job address is under your policy and Perfect. that costs nothing it's free so yeah. we, just, i just call my agent and say hey can we list this property on my policy and they will print out a certificate with the property ad- address on there and i can just give that to them and that will sometimes that you know any address we're in that we have a contract with that's another thing you have to look at if you don't have a contract, you're technically not binding. So the insurance company can say, no, we're not covering you because we don't have a contract with a client. So you have to make sure you have a contract with the GC and the GC has their bond and, and licenses, insurances, you know payment bonds, all kinds of stuff and a contract to make that insurance binding or else it's like if you didn't have anything. Yeah.
0: I do want to talk about the contract and scope of work. But before we do that, just like from the very start of this, how do you pick like the right contractor, right? Like, how do you know that they are because everybody, you know, claims to be the best or been doing it forever or, you know, we'll take care of them that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows during the project. But let's face it, I haven't been a part of one real estate transaction or one remodel that there hasn't been some kind of problem that comes up, right? In this industry, it's always going to have problems that come up and it's how you react to the problems and how you solve the problem, right? So how do you really set up yourself for success by hiring on the right contractor? Is there certain things that you would recommend a real estate investor to really look for or to get multiple bids?
1: Definitely, definitely. Lots of things to look at. Yeah, yeah. everybody can do the best, right? Yeah. So for example, timing. It's very simple, you know, they show up on time, they're late, they're not late, and they're communication skills. So for me, it's very good to be in good communication skills. You know, it's kind of like going to an interview, right? So when you hire the contractor and they're going to meet your house at nine, if it's 8.45 and they're going to be late, they know I'm going to be late. So if it's 8.45 and I know I'm not going to be there at nine, I will text you a call. You say, hey, I'm running 10 minutes behind. I'll be there at 9.10 or, you know. If they're there at 9 and you didn't get a call or a message, it's 9.05 and they're already late, that already gives you. He's not very well organized. He's probably under a lot of pressure. He's got too many jobs. So he's not very well organized and he's losing control. That's the first sign.
0: Even when, you know, bad things happen or problems happen during the day, whatever, you know, sometimes we can be late. They didn't let you know ahead of time, right?
1: You know what? A simple text takes like three seconds.
0: Exactly. Exactly. If, if you know seconds. that you're not going to be there early or on time, then it's a no brainer to send that text. If you don't have
1: three or four seconds for a new client. Yeah. The problems.
0: Yep. Yeah. That is a
1: problem. So that's the first thing I do when I'm hiring new people or we're yeah. hiring, uh, you know, timing and communication. Yeah. If they're not on time, that's fine. But did they communicate? No. Okay. Major red flag. Yeah. It's a, you know, I don't have a problem with you being late. If you're communicating, yeah. you know, yeah, that's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah, problems if, happen, right? But how yeah. we react to them or or how we try to solve those problems, if if they just wing it and show up late, that's not cool.
1: Yeah, so that's the big thing first. Now, taking a further step is what type of contractor you're going to hire. I'm a big believer that if you're hiring a contractor for a kitchen remodel, that you s- stick with a Contractor that remodels kitchens and bathrooms, and that's all they do. Modeling, and that their major focus is remodeling. Don't get a contractor that specializes in new builds for a kitchen remodel. Same thing the other way around. Don't hire a kitchen and bathroom remodel company to do a, a new ADU. We have transitioned our company. You know, we started doing remodels to general home stuff, to kitchen and remodels, to home remodels. To additions, to new construction, to ADUs only. So we we've never done everything at the same time. We specifically only uh, specialized in certain phases and in certain types of construction. You know, so we stick with remodel. We did like remodels for four years, five years, but we just did remodels. I didn't stick to additions or new construction. We you know slowly grew into new construction, and that's all we do now. The type of people, the type of equipment, the type of connections that we have with our Special vendors and special contractors for that type of work is completely different when we do remodels to new construction. Way different. For example, when we do remodels, we very rarely speak with SDG&E, water department, the telephone people, engineers for source report, structural changes. Remodels you don't deal with that very rarely, very little. So my communication with that type of people is very little. Now when we do so let's say if I'm a remodeler and I don't I don't have communication with sdg e or um, soils report soils tech uh, setbacks surveyors all that stuff yeah. if, if I'm a model company I don't talk to that people and if I take a new construction job I'm gonna struggle so much to find the right guys to find yeah. the right people. you <laughs> mean I don't have the connections? It's it's gonna be bad. It's, it's not gonna be good. So I don't like companies that do you know window replacements and also build ADUs. Yeah. (laughs) It's a a
0: red flag. You know, it it brings up such a good point. I've met contractors that they really want the job very bad or whatever it may be. And they'll just act like they're the jack of all trades and that they can do everything. Many of which could, but they're not going to be the best of the best at it. There's going to be more issues and it's going to take longer. A, A lot of people could do stucco, right? Outside work. But you want to hire on a stucco guy that does it every single day of his life and has been doing it for 15 years to be able to get it done quick, no problems whatsoever, and efficient,
1: right? I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that next. That's my list. But yes, so definitely if you're looking for a kitchen remodel, stick with some remodels. If they do ADUs and second floor additions, look, even the guys that we have in house is completely different. You know, stick with new construction and additions. Yes, we can do remodels. No problem. Not a problem. But it's a little bit more harder for me. Like I take on maybe one or two remodels at a time right now. Yeah. And we five or six new construction, maybe one addition, which is, you know, it's different than having a remodeling company that does five or six remodels yep. in one completely different. You know, for a remodeling company, sometimes they have a lot of spare parts in their shop, a lot of material hanging around yeah. that benefit for a remodel. In new construction, we don't store any material, yeah, you know? Yeah. Don, this leftover drywall is trash. Yeah, yeah. It, keep it moving. Yes. Yeah, so, so definitely I like to stick with the contractor that specializes in that trade, if you're looking yep. for that. It's a remodeler, ADU company, completely different, they shouldn't be together. I always advise my clients to get three bids from three different contractors within that space. So you can get a, a kind of average price of your project Uh, always three bids.
0: So with the three bids, I've made this mistake a lot. And I try to caution a lot of people with this. Make sure you walk the property first and you have exactly the scope of work that you're looking to get done. Because I've walked properties with contractors, you know, three or four of them, and they start pointing out certain things that I didn't even think about. And then we're adding certain things to the bid that was different from the first one, right? So make sure all of your bids that you're getting are going to be apples to apples
1: apples apples, yes
0: otherwise yeah you're going to get three four different bids back all completely different numbers and it's hard to judge and, and figure out which one's going to be which you know
1: yeah and always get a reading a reading bit you know wait for that bid to come back and it has the scope of work make sure it has you know okay we'll get into that later in the contracts but yeah, so get three bids that are apples to apples. You know, yeah. make sure the work is correct. You know, we sell a lot of jobs a year, but I'm not that pushy contractor. I'm not going to convince you to hire me. Yeah. Everybody does it differently. Sure. I'm not, not a salesperson. I can be. I, I, I know sales tactics to get the job, but I don't like to be that pushy contractor. Like, I'm not going to try to convince you why you should hire me. Yeah, yeah. If you don't see it, it's not a good fit right from the start, right? Yeah, there's a lot of research you can do. We have the world in our hands now with the, you know, cell phones and and laptops and internet. You can literally research that company and see, you know, if they're on Yelp, if they're on Google, if if they have pictures online, reviews everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, super easy. If they have all that stuff in there and you can see their work you know people commenting on their stuff your reviews are always super helpful it, you know that gives you a lot of a lot of data where you can kind of guide yourself to hiring the right contractor
0: yeah that's your due yeah. diligence right it's so needed you know
1: yeah it's very important also, also calling you know past clients to see how your experience was you know one or two clients that's that's always a good we spend zero dollars in advertising so we don't advertise so we don't pay for leads pretty much. So yeah. all of our clients is word of mouth, so every good. single one. So I mean, not that you should look into if that company is paying for ads or not, but if you find that contractor naturally from someone that recommending to you is better than pop yeah. up on a Google ad or on, on Yelp or something like that. Um, you know, someone recommending you a contractor is better than finding one on a pop-up ad for sure.
0: So that's actually my number one recommendation. When I actually switched over instead of just searching for contractors myself and I only went off of referrals, that was when I stopped getting screwed over. (laughs) That was like when it wasn't just a cold relationship just starting to be built. They didn't feel like there's any, there's no hard feelings after they screw me over, take the money and run off, right? Or didn't do the work properly. When it's a referral, And I call them and I say, hey, John or Mike or whoever, Joe, ended up sending me over, said, you were the guy to speak with in regards to this project. Can you help me out? Then whether, you know, how good that relationship is with that person that referred is very important. Yeah. So as long as they don't want to screw over that person or mess up that relationship, they're going to do well by you. So make sure that you get the best of the best. Referrals from the relationships built—it's so important.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Carlos, I, I did want to ask: as far as bids go, how long would you say is like a general rule of thumb of how long like a consumer should wait before they get a bid?
1: That's a very good question. I mean, every state's going to be different. Every city might be different. San—I sure. mean, not San Diego. Definitely, with the market we have right now and the workload that we have right now, if it I mean, if it's super fast, I mean, I have a thing for saying like, if if the contractor can start tomorrow, or if he gets his bid back to you in like twenty four hours, forty eight hours or less, I don't like that because I feel like they're not busy enough. They might not be good enough. Something's wrong with them. Why are they not busy? You know, that's how I feel. So on average, anywhere between seven to fourteen days, I would say it's probably good right now in San Diego. So a week or two weeks for I mean, this is for the bits that we do. We're building new houses, and yeah, two,
0: yeah.
1: You, you, know? you got
0: you guys are doing architect, you know, yeah. quotes and everything. You're doing new builds. You gotta really get detailed on what the client wants. There's a lot of moving pieces yeah. when building ground up construction permits and so forth. So I do um, my,
1: so that makes my sense. I do my bits a little different because we are building new construction. It's a lot easier to quote per square foot. So I have two separate bits. I have a general estimate bid where it's just very simple, very general, it's a general estimate, you know, so you say, hey, I want a, a thousand square foot ADU. I can get that to you in two, three days. Very easy. I go out there, look, I look at the property, I look at utilities and demo structure, and then we quote based on that. That can take me two to three days. So to get you a range bid, two to three days, like, you know, how much you think it's going to cost, I can give you a range two, three days. Very simple. A detailed bid. So once I give you my general bid and say, look, okay, we're building this ADU, it's gonna cost a thousand square feet, it's gonna cost you two hundred thousand. You're okay, okay, that's within my range. I'm happy with that. Let's move forward and get a detailed estimate. Then that could take me about a week or two, and I will line item and it's like 10, 12 pages long. Yeah, bid. very detailed I scope of work. Every every faucet, every light fixture. Yeah. stucco, it has everything on there. So that will take me about a week or two. And it's very detailed, has progress payments, uh, dates, architect, it has everything in there. So that could take about a week or two. But yeah, I I wouldn't be so harsh on contractors that are are, are taking a little bit longer than usual for bids, as long as they're communicating.
0: That's the thing. I would definitely recommend make sure there's communication. You do not want to be in one of those situations where, you are waiting on the bid, and then you keep waiting around, and then they never even get back to you. Because I've had that happen dozens of times as well. It's very notorious. So it's crazy to me to think about how many contractors out there waste their time going out to a project, looking at everything, saying, oh, yeah, you know, very interested, and then never even give you a bid. It happens more times than not, unfortunately. And maybe it's just it comes down to time management, I believe. You know, maybe they did want the job, but maybe they're too busy. Somehow they got away for that hour to come view the property with you, but then lost a communication at a site, out of mine, whatever it may be. But make sure that there's communication that, that they are going to be working on it. They are going to get it back to you.
1: Yeah. Any, if not, any thoughts on that? And they're not getting it. You know, I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter how good that contractor is. If it doesn't give you a bit in a timely manner, don't try to hire that contractor.
0: Yeah, it's going to be issues. No matter how great the price is, how many referrals, whatever it may be, there's going to be issues behind that yeah. if if the so time management's off.
1: I kind of go through like an interview process with my clients. We have yeah. to make sure for both of us that yeah. I like you and that you like me. Yep. Uh, you don't have that connection. It's going to be very hard to have a good, successful job. So you want to make sure that you like the contractor, and he likes you. If he likes you, he's gonna to get to you quickly. He's gonna make yep. sure you're there faster. If he says I'll have you bid in seven days, and it's day seven, there was no communication that the bid is late. There's yep. it doesn't tell you. I know what's happening. I'll be guilty of that as well. I'll tell you why that happens. It's because we're just so busy with bigger jobs yep. that job, is not so it's not so attractive to us. Yeah. It's the sad truth, but there is other contractors that are more qualified for that job than us. So so don't take it like, oh, it was very responsible. We're so busy with big jobs that it's not that we don't care, is that it wasn't so attractive. It wasn't a good fit for us.
0: There's gotta and be somebody that's prioritizing, you know, where yeah. to spend the time. And there's fires that come up each and every day on certain projects that need to get handled and taken care of. So you gotta prioritize. It
1: makes it, sense. It's a good fit, you know, and uh, it, it's hard. It's, it's like breaking up with somebody. You you know, call them. You know what? I'm sorry, I can't do your job. But why not? Like, we're just so busy, and we have big jobs that are in our. You know, it. It kind of makes them feel bad, and I mean. It's not very easy to communicate that to a client. So most contractors, what they do is just don't call you. They don't answer.
0: Yeah, it's very notorious.
1: It just doesn't mean that they didn't like you. It doesn't mean that, you know, that they think they're better than you. It's just, it wasn't a good fit, you know? Just, you know, that contractor, that job for that contractor is not a good fit for him. He's maybe not interested, whatever it is, it's just not a good fit between you two. And it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah, so don't force it. I think that's a rule of thumb here. Yeah. Don't force it, no matter how bad you need it done or whatever the yeah. referral is. I've tried forcing it in the past, and I realize it never ends up working out well, so don't force
1: it. That's Yeah, just because you're going to call him and email him and text him and visit his office and you think you can get this guy to do your job, that you're already in a bad step. You're already in a bad step. It's so true. Yeah.
0: So Carlos, when it comes down to your first initial, you know, just fast bid, rough quote of what you believe, you know, the ADU, a new ground up construction will cost, you, you said within 3 days. Are you also giving roughly time frame wise of what to anticipate?
1: Correct. I do that in my first meeting. So I will tell you our planning so it's first our design process, we have to make sure we design something you like that, you know, I'll tell you exactly what our time frame is for design. I would tell you what the CD process time is for permits, yep. and then I would give you the construction time for completing the project.
0: Sure. Okay. I love it. And then as far as the bid goes, when it gets more detailed, do you ever do just labor versus materials or like rough materials you guys include, but then finish materials clients can cover?
1: Yeah. You know that's very common in remodel world. In the new construction, most clients just you do everything. Yeah. We do give options on the finishes. You know faucets, doorknobs, maybe a certain type of plugs, countertop. Sure. That you know that that type of finish. Yes, we can take it out of the contract, and then the homeowner can purchase it at their own cost, and we just do the installation. So yep. we do that option. But in remodels, when I was doing remodels, I know a lot of clients want to buy all the material and then a contractor just does the labor, that's a pretty good w- way to do things a little bit cheaper, for sure. Sure. Sometimes a client buys the stuff and just a contractor buys the stuff. I personally don't like it, you know? I want to be able to control so, who's So there's,
0: pro, there's pros to it and cons, right? Like, because if a lot of times, I'm sure you, you can experience this, the owner, right, won't have the materials ready for the contract. Yeah, and
1: then yeah, there's issues, or... Right? Or if the contractor is you know, driving to the place and putting the order for the homeowner to pay, and then the homeowner is busy, it doesn't get paid, I can't pick it up, I got my guy over there with the trailer waiting, and now that they, you know, I, I just paid it, you're already in a bad relationship with that contractor, he's mad. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. he's mad I, because I, somebody's partner, gotta pay for
1: it. Yeah, and then another thing I don't like is like, sometimes the contractor will order more than what he needs, a lot of material gets wasted throughout the project because they're not paying for the material. They're not really being so conservative on the material. They're just like, just use it. If they don't take care of the material, if there's seven spare boxes of vinyl flooring, yep. by the time you're done, those boxes are trashed. You know, they got yeah. tossed around. There's paint on them, there's everything because he's not paying for the material, he doesn't care. Yeah, I was
0: just about to bring this up because I've always done, you know, I pay for the materials. I have my guys go to Home Depot or Lowe's, pick it up or wherever needed, sometimes get delivered. And then I just pay for it either over the phone or through my account in-house. And I've always been good to a certain point, but now I'm starting to realize, especially on this current project over in Old Town, that there's more materials being wasted. The crews that I'm hiring on and subbing out, they don't give a damn because they're not paying for it, right? And the property is getting more trashed. And I really don't like that.
1: You know, there's That's, a lot
0: of frustration
1: there. Another thing is, like, when you buy materials at Home Depot, the quality and the pricing of Home Depot products for your project are not as good as when the electrician furnishes his materials from an electrical supply house. Now, uh, electrical supply house materials are going to be higher quality yep. and going to be better than Home Depot.
0: Yep. So
1: same things like when you're hiring a GC, you get those connections. When you, when, you know, when you have the electrician give you a bid. And you also get protected. Let's say, you know, you get a bid. It's in writing. You got three bids for the apples to apple contractor, for an electrician to do, you know, some type of electrical work. You know, let's, let's say a main panel upgrade. Yeah. And uh, it's going to include all circuits, make sure everything's good. If something happens, you know, something bad happens. Let's say something happens in three months, something blows or there's a fire or something, and you bought all the materials. Yeah. Electricians will come in hey, that's what you gave me. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I was just yeah. installing it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. on you. It's on you. So you have to go fight the vendor and the vendor is going to say, well, you have to go to the manufacturer. Yep. I think your house is down on power. You know, there's problems when you call that electrician and he bought the material and he did the labor. He has no option, but just he's going to yeah. fix it. Yeah,
0: yeah. He has no other choice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't it.
0: point the fingers anywhere else. It's like it just needs yeah. to get done. Let's let's handle yeah.
1: it. And let's say well, what happens a lot with that is that you know, the so you buy the material, and then the contractor that's doing the work says, Well, it wasn't enough. I need more.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so sometimes they bid they say, okay, you know, I'm gonna need 10 sheets of drywall to do this kitchen. And then you're doing the kitchen, you're like, well, that's a very small example, but let's say you're doing flooring, let's say you're doing flooring. I have a good example of flooring. Flooring is very weird. So, you get flooring and it's a thousand square foot house and you order 1,200 square feet.
0: Just happened to me recently. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't
1: need 1,200. I need 1,300, you know? No. So, you're 100 feet. You go back to the store and you want those 100 feet. Well, guess what? That floor it's out of stock. Yeah. Or, even worse, the manufacturer doesn't make it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Yeah. You know, and those are problems that you're going to have to tackle if you bought the material. Now, what do you want to do? You know, if, if you were to hire a contractor that he buys the material, and he buys everything, you might still have that problem. But at least it's his responsibility. Sure. Yeah. You stress out about it, not you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, your problem, you fix yeah. it. Yeah. You know, we have a contract and you're going to furnish the floor and you're going to furnish the labor. And now there's 100 foot missing and it's out of and they don't make it anymore. That's your problem.
0: It can't be mixed match. It's got to all yeah. match
1: up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You No, know, it's, it's happened. I've I've seen it yes. happen. You know, where you we don't order enough material, and you go yep. back that hundred feet, twenty feet sometimes, and it's <laughs> out of stock. And I mean, sometimes we had to fly stuff from overseas or all over the country just to finish our project. It just it happens. But now we just I mean, we order. I rather order an extra three hundred feet and take back two hundred and pay yeah. a fifty. 15- Stocking fee on my account. Every time.
0: Every time. Yeah. No, I
1: agree. I I couldn't agree more.
0: Cool. Let's talk about the scope of work and getting that contracts in place and detailed.
1: Yeah, very important. You got to make sure your contract includes, you know, your address, your name, the company name, the license number of the contractor, a start date, a finish date, a time frame of that project. And definitely always, this is something a lot of people don't know and I've encountered very recently with a lot of uh, clients have called me, it's their down payments. A lot of people are not aware of down payment structure or how it works, or what the law is on down payments. A lot of horror stories out there. Yeah. Even with all that data and information at our hands, it still happens. It just blows my mind. So the state law in California is you can only do 10% of the contract price. This is where it gets tricky, not to exceed $1,000. So we do projects that are, you know, a quarter million. Their down payment is only $1,000. Yeah, yeah. It's only $1,000 to put you in my schedule, and we're going to be there with the full crew on day one with only $1,000. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. I don't care if you have custom glass being made or if you have... This is from a GC. If you're gonna hire a tradesman to do custom glass, I mean they might require a 50% down payment. Just make sure they're, you know, a good contractor, a reputable glass company. But for that specific trade, then yeah, maybe they will require a 50% down payment on a custom item that they have to manufacture. But for a GC, Especially if you're just hiring for labor only or even if you're hiring a labor interesting electrician to do material and labor, their down payment is a thousand dollars max. Yeah. So if, if the project is two thousand dollars and they ask you for two hundred, <coughs> that's it. Two hundred yeah. is the max they can ask you is ten percent. If the job is a hundred thousand, they cannot ask for ten thousand. They cannot ask for five thousand. I don't care what they have to buy on materials, that's their problem, not yeah. yours. So, I mean, I have clients giving $7,000, $8,000 down payments to other contractors. That just blows my mind because there's nothing you can do to be protected. I mean, yes, they have the bonds and everything, but that's time and money and, you know. A lot of stress, a lot of
0: headaches, and then your project's still sitting there.
1: Yeah, so make sure there is a payment schedule on your contract. Make sure what down payment is, how many progress payments. There's a, uh, you know, final payment and also change orders have to be on the contract. You know, how a change orders going to be submitted? How are they going to be paid? Very important. Another thing that a lot of people don't think about is who's buying certain materials or any special order items. So sometimes my client will say, well, I need help buying appliances. Can you order them for me? Yes, but that's going to be a 30% markup. So make sure you have those in the contract before you sign the contract, you know, most of the time, the homeowner will buy it, but sometimes the contractor get better deals and then, you know, there's it's a lot of trouble ordering stuff, you know, sometimes I just order something and then as soon as I pay for it, the client comes and say, never mind, I want to cancel that, I bought something else over here. Or I just, I just put a down payment on it and now they're going to charge me a restocking fee or something, I don't know. Sure. So make sure all that figured out before you say, order, order stuff for me. Sure. But yeah, so, um, payment okay. schedule.
0: important. Yeah. So when it comes down to the payment schedule, like what do you typically do or, or what would you recommend for a lot of people out there? And when also just to give a statement on, before you answer that, you know, how I stopped also getting screwed over by contractors just that are running away with the money is paying with credit card. So if they don't, if they want the 50% down or whatever it may be, I started being okay with that because I'll pay with credit card. And as long as I have a detailed scope of work, a contract in place, then if they don't do the work, they run off with the money, whatever it may be, I can just call up my credit card company. It's a lot easier to dispute it with them and be protected with the credit card, right? So do you guys take credit cards and do you recommend that method?
1: I don't have a preference whether you pay for a credit card or not. The only downside for me is that you know our, our contracts are on the large side so a 3% credit card transaction sometimes could be thousands of dollars just for that transaction yeah. so on you know we have a construction project managing software where the homeowner can log into my website they can see pictures schedules and do online payments so you're going to see all the invoices for your project on our online login and you can see everything. You have the option to pay with a credit card, or you have the option to pay with a check or a debit card. Paying with a debit card or a check it's free. Paying with a credit card will do a 3% transaction. So something to consider. If you want to save money, you can pay with the check. So payment schedule. Down payment, 10%, not to exceed 1000 sure. Everything else after that do not pay for items that have not been installed and do not pay for labor that has not been done. Pretty simple. If you want more floors and it's a special order item, you can pay for those out of the contract. And then once they're delivered and installed, then you pay for the labor. If the contractor is gonna buy this special order tile because it has to go through his account or I don't know, whatever the reason he has, you don't have to pay for that special order tile. The contractor is going to pay for that. When it's delivered to your house, then you can pay that portion if you want to, or depending on the payment schedule. But you should never pay for any material that hasn't been furnished or any favor that hasn't been done at all. I don't care what the excuse is. Oh,
0: yeah. Never.
1: Don't ever pay.
0: For me personally, I've made this mistake thinking, hey, 90% is done, or it should have been done today. There's a little bit more work that needs to be done, or hey, everything's great. There's a couple little things that need to be fixed right here. They agree to it. No problem. Can I get paid and I'll knock this stuff out you know, before the end of the day? It very rarely gets done. And And there's other things to it, you know, obviously their character, do they show up on time, all these other things. Does it make sense and align with, hey, how confident are you? Can you bet money against that? They will get it done. But usually those type of individuals aren't going to be begging for the money right now anyway. They'll be like, my bad. Here, let me fix this stuff. And and they're okay with getting paid even later, I've noticed. You know, they're not bugging you type of situation. So don't ever pay when it's 90% done, make sure that every, that final inspection, right, is totally, they might've said it's done, but make sure you get that final inspection. And then the little things that might need to be touched up gets handled before payment.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's a very good point when you hire a GC or you want to tackle the traits individually yourself. That's yeah. where the big comes in. The GC is there to protect you. When you hire the trades individually, this is what's going to happen. You know, you hire the contractor, the electrician, to do the work. Um, I don't know if he's licensed or not. Most people that they hire trades individually don't hire a licensed trade because they don't want to pay the GC fee. They're most likely looking for that cheaper deal yep. and they end up with the electrician that's not licensed. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen. You hire there.
0: Don't want to do that with every trait, like an electrician, a plumber. I, these are some things that are very, very crucial. Make sure yeah. you get the license kind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, these are traits that can cause death, I call it. Yes. So, yes. Um, a fire uh, to be a fire hazard. Yeah. You know, uh, the plumber can have a, a leak in the gas line inside the wall, carbon monoxide, he dies from this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, doing countertop might not to be licensed. Yeah, uh, drywall, uh, maybe drywall, not. Yeah. Paint, <laughs> stuff like that but you know when it could cause harm you want to make sure they're fully protected everything. they know what the hell so, they're
0: doing right <laughs> yeah
1: exactly so what happens when you hire a trade individually and try to manage the work yourself I call it the filler work where it's like one trade is ending and the second trade let's say the framer has to finish framing for the plumber to come in but you don't know that the framing was done wrong into your painting or you're doing yeah. dry that framer's being paid, and he's gone. To get that framer back at your job to fix a problem? Nearly impossible. <laughs> he's paid, forget about it. It's going to yeah. be sparing, especially when you only met that guy for your job. Yeah. You know? I have a hard time sometimes getting my framer stuff. <laughs> to to you know?
0: Yeah, if you if they already got their money, they're on to the next thing. Yeah. They're, they're not it, coming back it, or touching. You know,
1: with our subs, we keep them busy around. They don't hesitate. They I call them, we have a problem. Yeah. They're there. Same next day, you know, get handled. No, no worries. But that's what's gonna happen. Where the homeowner doesn't have that experience to see that the framing is done wrong because yeah. of the drywaller, that's gonna have problems. And what they do is let's say you have a electrician. He starts when you're done framing. The electrician's there, and then he's gonna be back again to do your finish electrical. You know, your outlet cover plates, light bulbs, light fixtures, ceiling fans. Sometimes that's you know they do the rough, they do all that work. That's the majority of the work. They're yeah. going to ask 90% of the job, and then you're done with the 10%. Yep. People think, okay, you know, it's a $20,000 job, 10% is only $2,000. If, if you have any problems, let's say the, the wiring was done wrong, you know, because you hire someone that's cheaper, he didn't have a license, he, he wasn't so sure of what, you know, he also does painting, he also does roofing, and he does electrical, and he did your electrical at your house, and you find major problems. The whole wiring is wrong. They used the wrong wire. Yeah. Now those two thousand dollars that is left over in the ten percent, it's not gonna cover to fix the problem. That at that time you are already drywalled, insulated, stuccoed, painted, floors are in, your countertops are in, cabinets are in, and you and you find out you have an eight thousand dollar problem, major problems. You know. So you think the contractor go back and fix that for two thousand? No way no way. So, you know, that's the big problem. You don't pay until you know that that item or that trade is being fully checked. So I don't like it when they, you know, well, for me, it's different because I I know what to check for. I know if it's done correctly, but homeowners don't. So I wouldn't want to say, well, we feel like 90% of the work is done. There's only 10% left. We can leave that 10% at the end. But then that's when you find that the 80% of the work is done wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then what? Yeah. They have to fix it and it's going to cost you a ton of money. Yeah, so... and if they
0: get 90% of their money up front, I mean, after, there should be a certain portion, right? I like to normally do 70 to 80% if possible. But but yeah, if they decide, hey, they get 90%, 95%, and they're just coming you know, back to put in light bulbs and stuff like that, will they actually come back for that stuff? Uh, yeah, you know
1: who knows. And if they have a problem, or let's say you have a big problem, are they going to fix it with that ten percent, five percent? You know, what if he's not licensed, or you just found them he wasn't recommended, it's a guy you found, he's not licensed, and you already paid him out ninety percent. Yeah, and that ten percent, you can't hire a new electrician for that. You know, ten percent you owe him to fix the problem. Yeah, it's hard, and it, and what happens is that you have that same problem with the flooring with a roofer, with a framer. I I know I got a call from a friend a couple of weeks ago. We gave him a bid. He he, he thought it was too high, so he hired the trades individually. And he's like, I got all the trades 90% paid, and no one wants to come back to finish. You know? And it's like the painter thought that the drywaller was going to sand the walls. The drywaller said, I didn't charge you to sand the walls. The painter's going to sand
0: the walls. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's where the miscommunication and making sure if you are going to hire out, if you're going to take that huge role, and I don't recommend it anymore. I honest to God, I, I really don't. I'm doing it right now. I do not recommend it. Especially if you're just starting out, do not do it. It's going to be a huge learning curve and a hell of a pain in the ass. You will spend more money, it will take longer, almost guaranteed, right? Make sure that you know exactly who's doing what, what is getting covered by who. And the awesome part about hiring on a GC is that they have the connections, the relationships that like to follow each other, you know, like the mud guy, the taping and mud guy likes to follow this drywaller because they get it done properly. And, you know, and those things are crucial because if you're going to hire it out yourself, make sure at least you ask that sub who they like to follow or you know who's the best behind them
1: that's, that's another interesting point as you know all of my subs communicate with each other yeah you No, know, our framer our drywaller our painter our, our towel guy foreign guy they all communicate so my framer already knows that my drywaller likes the backing in certain areas this way that yeah. he likes the doors to have frame on this way so Knows, everybody but- has
0: their own pet peeves of how they like yeah. to work, right? So, And it, uh, they work that way for that long, it makes sense. It, it They can flow better, right?
1: Yeah. The drywaller pricing, he's like, oh, everything's already prepped the way I want it. It's going to be cheaper and faster. It just flows so much here Versus having your drywaller come in, and he looks at the framings and be like, oh, man, this framing sucks. Like, Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to charge you more to fix this stuff. You'll yep. be like, well, oh, just let me call my frame and come fix it. That frame is not going back to fix. It. It's going to be hard to get that frame out there. Plus they so. get more
0: stressed out. You don't want to stress out your guys, you know, when they're coming over to give a bid or jumping into work, you want to make it, even if it's a big project, you want to make it stress-free and, you know, just easy peasy type of layout. But, yeah, so um,
1: hire GC and it looks expensive, believe me, it's going to be cheaper than trying to tackle this job yourself if you have no experience, I mean, I mean, I have, I don't, I'm not saying I have a lot of experience or I'm the best, but I've been involved in every single problem you can think of that pops up in a project. And it's, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy for us that we've been doing it for a long time. So for a homeowner to think. somebody's
0: just getting started.
1: I definitely admire their will to try to take this project on themselves, but it's not something that I would advise. Definitely not. It, it, yeah. I mean, if you do maybe a kitchen remodel, something light, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe something small, but you're doing a whole house remodel or building a new, uh, an addition, a second story addition or a new structure, yeah. definitely get a GC. I, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying this to get more work. I don't need the work, yeah. but you want to get someone that's going to help you protect you pretty much.
0: Yeah. Take it from me, guys. Do not be a fool and think just because you live five minutes away, you can handle it and hire out, you know, with all the relationships. We do have some awesome relationships, but nevertheless, you're taking on a, a bigger responsibility, more time, more money, and people, just, just more frustration in general. So Carlos, we got a couple of questions left before we wrap it up, but this is a great episode so far. So I appreciate your time. When it comes down to the payments, I know we were talking about it briefly. So do you typically recommend on like a weekly schedule every two weeks or quarterly throughout the project? How do you
1: like to go about it? You know, my payments are done based on com- uh, on the completion of the work. Yep. So, okay. You know, for an ADU, you know, we do a thousand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a thousand. Not even they. They start small, they get big, and they get small again. So yep. we start with a thousand dollar down payment that gets you in our schedule. You know, if I say there I'm gonna be there May first, where they May first. The first thing we do is demo. We get our utilities, and then we do our foundation. When that foundation is ready to pour. And we have foundation inspection signed. Then you do your first payment for that. It's already been firm. The materials there, the materials installed, labor is ready to go. We passed inspection. Now you pay your first payment. Yeah. After that, you know, we pour our concrete. The lumber's been ordered. It's been delivered. We got the framer in. Then you might do a second payment for framing. Sure. And, and that's how we do it. So for me, it's not oh every Friday, every two weeks. It's yeah. based. The completion of work—that's the way it should be, you know. Yeah. If the contractor already furnished the material, he completed the labor, you can pay for that percentage of the completed work. So if you, you know, if you're doing a flooring and he's fifty percent done, I would feel okay with paying fifty percent. He does thirty percent more and he's at eighty. I wouldn't advise to pay that thirty percent more. I would yeah. probably you know, pay up to 75 and they pay that 25. I, I hate to leave a very small payment at the end for that same reason, because there is a problem at the end. That yep. little percentage of money left over is not going to fix your big problem.
0: And that's a recommendation. A good tip right here is I personally like to have a good chunk still owed at the end. Yes. And, and it's going to be difficult to try to negotiate that because the guy doing the work is not going to like that. They want as much money as they can up front sooner, the better. So it is going to, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle to get that, but I highly recommend that you go that route because if there are any issues at the end, you want to make sure that the seesaw, which side you're on here, that you have some power Leverage. or some leeway. Leverage. Yeah. yeah. Leverage, yeah. Because yeah. if, th- think of it like this, if the work isn't done correctly or whatever it may be, and you need to go out there, hire on somebody else to redo it properly because they don't want to finish it then it's going to cost you time and money and usually more than what you have of that chunk at the end. So make sure that you have a thicker chunk uh, as possible that's owed.
1: Yeah. I like to do my first payment is $1,000 or 10%. Yeah. And then the rest are split into different amounts. I do start with like, you know, 10%, a down payment, and then it's like a little payment, a medium payment. And then, but usually the three or four last payments are the same amount. Sure. I try If they have, you know, three or four payments that are large and then your final payment is like two thousand or just a very small percentage of the contract, you know, that doesn't give you any leverage, any power over that contractor. So if the last four payments, the last six payments or three payments are the same equal amount to your final payment, that's probably okay. It's probably good. But if you down payment, two or three small payments, and then you got four large payments, then your final payment is like very little then you don't have any leverage there yeah
0: that makes you sense
1: know, contractors like the contractors do that in you know, sometimes because it's they will think to protect themselves as well you know we, we protect ourselves by doing that i don't do that but some do and say you know what i'm gonna get three big payments and at the very end it's a small payment just in case something happens i've already been paid yeah i've been covered and i don't have to go back and finish it because it's only like you know, 5 or 10% of the contract, screw it. Already I yeah. already made it in this job. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. And it happens so often. That's why it's like, these are great tips. Like, make sure you guys are writing this stuff down because it, it is so crucial. Carlos, when it comes down to protecting the client's time in the project, right? You know, it's, it's one of the three. Time is very crucial, it depends on the area. But San Diego, it's very important. Time is money out here. You know, our holding costs for each month Just for holding the property, not doing a damn thing on it is anywhere from like 8,500 to 9,500 naturally, very often on our projects. So, when it comes down to time, do you recommend the client to request like a penalty or? And and I always recommend this like when I started doing this, it, it started saving me. If you're going to talk to the contractor, GC or subs, and put a penalty in the contract, or it taking too long, make sure, best make sure that you put a bonus in there as well if it gets done early. If not, it's just not fair. You know, it doesn't make sense. And they're not going to want to put anything in there if you're going to be like, you know, an asshole about it, right? You got to make sure that there's favor on both sides.
1: Correct. That's exactly how I do it. You know, customers will approach me. And this is mostly investors. Homeowners might not have that experience to ask Penalty. They've never done it. So they're going to yeah. start
0: learning real, real quick.
1: But investors do are more experienced. So they do add that penalty. And that's my first answer that I give them. So as soon as they say, Hey, you know what, you, you know, you have two months to complete this project. If it's not done in two months, you're going to get a 50 or a hundred dollars per day penalty.
0: Yep.
1: My, my first thing is say, okay, that's fine. But if I finish a day early, What's harder, to finish late or finish early? Yeah, both, right? (laughs) (laughs) To finish on time is a damn chore. It's a project. (laughs) What's harder to do, to finish earlier or to finish later? Finish early, for sure. Earlier, so maybe $150 per day that I finish early. Respectable, yeah, by all means, yeah. If I finish a week early, you know, I'm entitled to maybe the X amount of dollars. If you're okay with that, then let's do it. Yeah. And that's nope. perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. That, that's a healthy relationship.
0: It is, yeah. And it should be that way. And it's good accountability, you know, that you guys can put in there. But if, like I said, if you're going to put in the penalties, and I prefer to, I, I think it is a smarter move. Otherwise, the time frame could get well out of hand. And when I haven't, I've seen it just drag out. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do at that point? You, then you're just begging people to show up to get the job done, right? So that's not good.
1: You're probably Um, begging for that bit as well sometimes.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's true. These are amazing. I mean, just we could go on and on all day here, I feel like, but I'm just super thankful for you, Carlos. It's been almost an hour and a half here. So we are going to cut it for, uh, you know, the time's sake for the listeners. But I know you guys all found a ton of value in this. Make sure you reach out to Carlos and just show him some love, connect with him. If you guys are local here in sunny San Diego, California, make sure you connect with him and see if it's a good fit to work together. By all means, just tons of value from this guy. So Carlos, how can people get a hold of you?
1: You know, very easy. Social media, everything. You can always call me at my direct number, which is 619-219-1522. That's my cell phone number. I reply to every text and phone call as much as I can. I do get a lot sometimes and I do forget, but I try to get back to everyone. And you can also email me at Carlos at HMSanDiego.com. But yeah, I mean, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. We're on website. We have our website, HMSanDiego.com. And you can always mention it in any platform.
0: Yeah. And guys, check out his Facebook page. It has a bunch of just awesome content on the active live projects. I'm sure, on some of your websites and everything else on other platforms you do as well. But, but very inspirational. And you guys are just crushing it. So very exciting to see that. Bro, you just gave over an hour, almost an hour and a half of your time. Anything that the listeners or myself could do to give back to you?
1: Not much. I mean, I'm not asking for anything. Just if you guys have questions or anything about any project, I'm always happy to help you, even if you're not going to hire me. So
0: Love it. Appreciate it, man. Well, nothing but love, bro. Keep doing your thing and definitely want to connect more with you. You got just... Yeah, we, we live in the backyard here, so it's a no-brainer. And I'm just super grateful that you're able to give give back so much knowledge to the listeners. I know this was an amazing episode and and we're probably gonna have saved like thousands of people out there from making those, you know, common mistakes that okay. uh silly real estate investors like my myself have made in the past. So I appreciate you, brother. All
1: right, no worries. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the show.
0: Till next time, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review under Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, and we we will see you next Monday. God bless.
1: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.